Welcome back to class, everybody. I am Ethan from the Weology Podcast. And I am your overworked, underappreciated, but lucky Professor Ricky. And today we are back here on the Weebology podcast, the only podcast <laughs> quantifiably guaranteed by researchers to make you smarter. An average of three and a half wrinkles per listen. Or IQ points, whichever you prefer. Whatever you prefer. But I mean, we only measured in wrinkles. We don't have an IQ detector in the lab, but we do have a wrinkle detector right. in here. Yeah. And it broke after it measured our <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> vast number of wrinkles, man. But I'm lucky. And so are you, because I have a treat for you. Um, my wonderful girlfriend, <laughs> after our 100th episode, decided to get us a kind of goodie bag. That's too nice. Um, Japanese treats, baby. Yeah. She go to like shit. an Asian market. Or yeah, something? I think she went to like an Asian market and got a bunch of like dope ass candies and oh stuff. Oh my God. How dope is that? Super cool. I think I've actually had those. The star of this show definitely is the, the matcha flavored Kit Kats. These things, these things are rad as hell. So, yeah, we got snacks in this bitch, Hell dude. yeah, bruh. Yeah, Thank that's you, what you so much. That's what you get when you hit 100. You just get things. You get shit. You get shit. Um, yeah, so uh, we had a very fun time today at the movie theater. First time in a year for me, actually. Yeah, it, went, uh, it briefly opened, I want to say, last... June or something? Sure, yeah. and Something like that. And I went to like two movies and then they shut back down. That's the last movie I saw in theaters, Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw that for sure, but I don't know which one the other one I saw was. <laughs> way, to, way to go out with a bang, I guess. Um, but we also noticed that like, I think they forgot to staff people there. It was the weirdest experience of my life, I think. We, I bought the Fandango ticket like before I went. And we show up, and Ethan is the same same way with him. That like we walk in, and there's no one checking tickets. There's no one making sure that we are allowed to be in that movie. <laughs> we could have probably just walked in and saw a movie. Right, a hundred percent, we could have. <laughs> Not even probably. We, we one million percent could have walked through the front door, walked to whatever theater we wanted, and watched whatever movie we, we could have stayed there all day and just watched movies. We yes. could have saw, saw the dub version too. Shit, why not? No one's checking. Right, no one cares. Um, but. What we did see, though, is now the highest grossing anime, anime film in, I think, Japan overall. We watched Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Mugen Train. Mugen Train. Infinite Train. Yes. Actually usurping Spirited Away, the longtime buy and away contender for like the first best highest grossing movie. But like this eclipsed that. Right. Do you? Th- what do you again, let's just get into it. Initial thoughts of this movie. Yeah, so we need to say this is going to be spoilers of town, oh, obviously. Oh, this spoiler like, town, USA. From beginning to end. Yes, and um, probably spoilers, obviously, off the rip for season one of Demon Slayer, because you got to kind of have the context, you know? Right, of right. course. So, um, so, yeah, overall, like, solid, very solid. I, I consider it solid. I don't know if I'd consider it eclipsing Spirited Away solid. That was the stat that really threw me. Um, I think... Why do you think that was? Like, why do you think this was so so unbelievably like? Well, I think now anime is more ubiquitous, of course. So that would obviously <laughs> entail bringing more people to theaters to watch it. That is true, though. I would have imagined probably Dragon Ball Broly would have done better than this movie, and yet it did not. 
So maybe like globally, maybe globally. Yeah, we'll have to check the figures and the facts for you. Silent uh, voice or whatever. Yeah, a, a silent one. voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, your name up there. Yeah. Pro so, so I think I was telling Ethan the second we got out of it that like I think they did a brilliant timing play here. You know, it was just at the coattail finishing up riding the coattails of the hype of season one. Everyone was frothing at the mouth for more. Like we, they wanted more demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> winning, yeah, winning best anime overall of 2019 by Crunchyroll standards. That's for better or worse. I don't know. Um, what's what's surprising to me is that mm. they managed to keep it right, right at the end of that hype. Are you getting a little AS- ASMR? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, what did you pick up? What was that? Which one? It's, it's the hard called. Hokkaido matcha milk candy. Oh, damn. And we got some Pocky in there, too. Oh, we're going to be snacking, baby. Snacking, baby. But yeah, they, they couldn't have timed this movie better, I think. Because any if they released it any later internationally, I feel like it would have just kind of not been in the mind's eye of everybody. But if they released it like right after season one, I don't know. I, I think just people were at the perfect stage of craving more Demon Slayer. For this to for this to slap as hard as it did in the theaters in terms of box office numbers. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look into it. It might have, I mean, it was released literally last year in Japan, R- right? Right, right. Yeah, I feel like if it was released last year here, it would have been the same kind of maybe meteoric success as sure. well. Yeah. So I mean, um, I think it's potentially a little past due, right? It, yeah, right. But there's also another trend. I think this movie opens the discussion for. We saw it with my hero. We saw it with maybe a couple other anime where the movie seems to be the focus of the studio with their IP instead of a season two. If this movie had never been released and season two would have come out instead, after watching the movie, I kind of would have wanted to see that instead. I don't know. I, I just something of, and look, look, I'm a dissenting voice on this. It was a very solid movie. I just think. I over maybe overhyped it in my brain. That's definitely probably what happened. Okay, um, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I just I felt maybe I held it to a standard and it just barely didn't meet that for me. Interesting. Yeah, I overhyped it. I really didn't know what to expect going in, so that really helped. Yeah, right. Um, like pretty much no expectations. Yeah. Okay, that's probably uh, helpful. Was pretty helpful. I think they did a couple things like that. I thought were like very well done like i mean there was cg throughout this but it was like tasteful in some regards but it almost felt like they went for an artsier version in a couple occasions yeah specifically the opening scene beautiful with the master walking through the graves of all the the fallen folk fallen uh demon slayers yeah right and i but it was like this interesting it's hard to explain it's like have you ever seen like a train model set yeah they like make the grass they make all this stuff and then it's just like a train going through but it's obviously like small scale and stuff like that yeah that's how it felt it was like there was texture to the visuals right but they weren't like real in some regard like you could definitely tell it was like animation yeah honestly the very first scene i couldn't with the trees i was like is that fucking real i thought that was live action almost why are they doing this um i was like why we're about to get a space jam situation with animated and real (laughs) life coming together um but no that just speaks to you photables uh ufo table if you will uh yeah (laughs) they're they're 
crispiness. Their crispiness. Mm. <laughs> Their crispiness. Crispiness. So good. They're so so clean. But uh, yeah, the visuals, high marks. And as a guy who is very CGI adverse, I almost think movies kind of get a pass a little bit because it movies as a single work seem to have a budget where the CGI could pop off, right? That CGI in anime shows seem to cut corners 90% of the time, and it's done so to cut an animation corner. We kind of saw it with Attack on Titan most recent season. They went CGI instead of full animated Titans, and it shows, but when done right, it can be additive. Obviously, here, I felt there was additive, even as someone who is a fucking curmudgeon about CGI and animation. Yeah, I think, I mean, the real key, right, is you use it for background, you use it for visuals, you use it for dynamic camera angles, and it'll be useful and Uh, look good. Yeah. And that's and SU Foldable's bread and butter. They've been doing the CGI game so well for so long. I'm even remember Unlimited Blade Works, like the CGI backgrounds gave that uh like a per- perspective and a style all of its own, but it was done very right. And that's no different here. So visually, you're in for a treat, for sure. I mean, complete aside here, but am I the only one who doesn't remember which of the ones I've seen? Because there's 7,000 uh, fucking Fates. Blade Works, Flate, State, Night, yeah, I, all Unlimited, no, <laughs> No, and you're not the only one. I know that. That that lore and world is so fucking spiderweb and tangly. That I'm just, like trying to go through my mouth and figure out which one I watched. I'm like, they all sound the exact same, and I swear I've seen them all, but there's no way. No, no, there's so many. I think I've seen... Most of them, but the only one I care about is Unlimited Blade Works, the OG Fates Day Order Zero. Yeah, Night. exactly. <laughs> and Apocrypha was, I that was fun to look I at. Apocrypha. Yeah, it was good to look at. So, I mean, you're getting Ufotable at its best here for sure. Yeah. Um, so context, Spoiler City USA, choo choo, here we come. Trains leaving the station, buddy. Yeah, uh, I mean they did a good job uh, right after. So the very last episode of last season, yeah. first season or whatever, mm-hmm. they show up at this train station to get on this train from Tokyo to Mugen. Yes. Called the Mugen train. Bump, bump, bump. And it, literally the way, reason they're going is they have to meet the flame Hashira to go fight off a demon with him. Kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know if it's like a shadowing mission or anything like that, but that's the reason why they're there. They get on this train, which I almost thought they didn't have tickets because they're just like bum rushed the caboose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they did. Um, yeah, so the reason that they were like getting chased or whatever is because they had swords out and there's a law post like 1940 or I think it was 1926. Yeah, in this Japan. is this is like early 20th century Japan in yeah. Demon Slayer. Yeah. So there's, I'm, so okay, another aside, I'm listening to the uh, History of Japan podcast recently. Ooh. Ooh, that's so I'm fun. getting all the like sneaky behind the scenes like history the, the juicy that details that could lead into a lot of these anime scenes. Give me them sweet deets. And I think this one is very important because it gives me the context of why they'd be worried about these guys with swords. Yeah. So after all the Sengoku era or whatever, where they're warring states, this one guy unifies the country and basically outlaws like people carrying weapons and stuff like that, so that nobody can take power back from them. He literally. Give me all your swords. Right. Fuck you guys. You've been you've been you've been naughty. You're in timeout. Exactly. Give me your fucking sword. And so that kind of 
tells you why it's weird that they're like, or it's not weird that they're asking for their swords. You know what I mean? I even think regardless if the law is in place or not, think but about that it, is contextually. A land yeah. with fucking demon slayer and demons, you would think that they'd know about these people with swords. Yeah, right. Because it wouldn't be a secret. People are getting attacked by demons. Of course, there are a core to help fight that. Plus, I would say one massive issue I've got with Demon Slayer and always have is it's really hard to f- to pinpoint when this whole thing is supposed to be happening. Yeah, because you have like these really rural fuel Japan yeah. settings next to like the hustle and bustle of like you know Tokyo, like Edo is getting huge. It's like what's going on here? Right. Then you have these tr- like a literal train and people that all are in like Western garb, like yeah. coat and tie, and then you have someone in a Komodo over there and like where where when where when and how is this happening yeah I mean I I don't know if it's like to play off the whole you know Japan is both a very you know traditional land and a very Mm -hmm. high-tech like forward-thinking land and modern right because but like it doesn't help the story much to not (laughs) know where when the fuck we are right so the story what this is kind of a black this movie is kind of a black box thing where they were on their way to go fight a proposed like a demon, but it turns out that the site is the train itself. Right. And I don't know if they knew or did not know that going in, but then they meet the person that they're supposed to, which is kind of like the main focus of this whole movie, Rengoku. Kyojo Yeah. Kyojoshi, you know, Ren Kyojuru or something. Something like that. His Rengoku. first name was terrible. His last yeah. name's great. Rengoku. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. And this guy, you want to tell a little bit about this guy's i don't know vibe. Right. <laughs> the first thing we see of this guy he's literally like slamming food he's and slamming just, bento boxes and every bite oh my delicious delicious delicious, delicious. <laughs> um and he's definitely got a weird vibe about him like he's he like won't look them in the eyes he's just like looking forward talking to them it's yeah. like the weirdest scenario definitely no social cues to be found in no. this guy no and uh, Tanjiro, like, we just found out at the end of the last season that our boy's got a couple different breathing styles. He's actually, you know, kind of a unique case, kind of a weird cat. Uh, and he asks, like, hey, you're kind of all about the fire. Like, what, what do you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'll tell you if I know anything. So, so do you know anything? Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that, asshole. Yeah, right. Um, but it was pretty interesting. That conversation was pretty cool because... He asks him a bunch of things like Tanjiro. He's like, yeah, you know, okay, be my apprentice, you know, <laughs> yes. do all this stuff. And he's like, what color is your sword? And he says black. And he goes, oh, that's unfortunate. Why is that? He's like, because black swords generally don't become Hashiras. And also they don't know which uh, breathing style to actually study. Yeah, there is a lot which of. Which is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things to that because our boy Tanjiro, Gaspacho, as you know, case sometimes calls him. Um. Basically, he doesn't. It fits. It fits. He's a, he's a black swordsman. He doesn't really. He can kind of go multi class, which is really cool. Speaking of multi class, we did learn a little bit more about the breathing system in this world, which is kind of pivotal. That they seem to all have elements. It isn't just like a um, black clover situation where it's like it could be anything, right? Yeah. This there's a more rigid structure to it. Think of Naruto and chakras, like fire, water, stone, lightning, wind. And the offshoots of that is like the insect one or the sound one. Or, right. Um, again, I still don't know where Inosuke fits in all that. I don't think he does. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think he's just got his own style. Like, 
this creative style. From the woods, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, it, but it is weird. He goes like, you know, beast style form one breathing or whatever. It's yeah. like so he he like made this entire <laughs> system by himself. Yeah, right. Beast style third fang. Yeah. Right, and then but all of his attacks are like slice and dice, pierce, yeah. slash. Like kind of okay. sick though. Kind of, oh no, it's sick as hell. Um. The only reason you even watched the movie is for, oh, yeah, I walked in and said, I'm here for Inosuke. Best boy, best boar boy. He also was like, you know. He was a riot in this someone movie. Someone was trying to talk to him. He's like, don't talk to me if you're not Inosuke. Yeah, right. And he's like, he thinks everyone is his minion. Yeah. I don't know if that was from the first season. He's just suddenly like, I'm Lord. You bow to me. Worship me. As he's slashing everything. Glorify me even. Yeah, I do feel like they lost the lead a little bit from the end of last season. Uh, at least personally, yeah, because they were all pretty dejected after, um, like pre-training for sure. You know what I mean. And then even after that training, they were still pretty dejected, right? Like, yeah, like they had just gotten waxed, uh, hard, very and then hard. And they also have to spend all this time training, and then like couldn't figure it out for a long time, and all this stuff. And I mean, that's my my major gripe with this sh- this movie was the fact that. I didn't get to see the progress as much as I would have liked to. There it like, is. Like they each yeah. did really cool shit. Right. But it was like it felt like I feel like I, I I kind of like lost where they were supposed to be at and where they are now. If that makes sense, that, because no, of that mean, year and a half gap or two year gap or whatever the fuck it was. That's a good point because the only the only indication we saw that you know he was a uh, Tanjiro was applying anything he learned about total breathing concentration constant was Rengoku saying it to him. Oh, yeah. you mastered that. That's cool. But like, that's a really good point, and maybe why it felt a bit diluted to me that you go into my hero, uh, Heroes Rising, and we got to see not just a little bit more of their ability, like how much Class One A has grown, but the new combos with different students made it really feel fresh. And this movie didn't feel like a progression at all for any of these characters. Maybe a maybe a personal growth thing, maybe a character growth thing. But not in the way we just like you said, we just saw them train their fucking ass off for so right. long. We didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of that. We is everything we had seen from our three boys already been seen before. So ah, maybe the sword throw move that Tanjiro did was a little was a little whack. Like like that was new. I mean the only real new thing I think was first of all, I don't remember Anusuke having so many forms and shit like that. Uh, I feel like that was out of nowhere. He did because he only, he only showed three. The one cool one, his uh, sensing ability was really dope. That we we saw him in the woods in the spider woods from last season. Yeah, sense where things were, and he did apply that, but they didn't even show it visually. So I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was part of it. Like, I wanted to see more of the guys. Yeah, I actually pull some off some sweet shit. But um. Zenitsu did absolutely nothing. He did dick all. He had Complete one dog water. Of he a had character. one thunderclap, that booty clap, first form, sixfold once. Yeah. And that's cool. And he almost got noticed me senpai by Nezuko for a second. I mean, you saw that uh, when they were like knocked out or whatever, he was like, she was like uh, hugging him or whatever. Yeah. So we could talk about the, the villain in this. So I don't know why they're shipping them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Fuck that dude. It's a dream ship. Yeah. Literally yeah. dream ship. But uh no, fuck that guy. Um Well Tanjiro did like stop his bleeding using total breathing constant. So that is the only thing that we saw. Yeah, we saw that the healing capabilities he could basically pinpoint and suture 
his own blood vessel, which cool, really cool. Um, but yeah, you're not going to go in like, and that's, that's maybe what this thing is. This isn't really a movie about that. This is a movie about Rengoku. Yeah, pretty well, much. It's, it's a character piece on Rengoku and kind of uh, his way of being a Hashira and just how he operates. But the villain in this one, I actually really enjoyed him a lot. I don't even know if he got a name, but he was the top dog of the lower six of the demons, of the 12 demons. Or what are they called? The 12 moon moons of yeah. Muzin or whatever? I don't know. But um, he had a, <laughs> he had a sick power. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough, right. Well, the 12 moon moon boys, he was like uh, the top of the low tier. 12 moon men. 12 moon men. Yeah, <laughs> demons are moon men confirmed. Um, but yeah, his power was he could put people to sleep so deep that they would just like stop breathing. He alluded to that at some point. Yeah. That was honestly a pretty sick power, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it really is nothing new, right? I think that's, it's been done a lot for sure for you know it's a pretty common freaking trope to be honest where you have to like go through your own like uh dreams and stuff like that especially like think infinite sukiyomi yes yeah right all these people are living this entire different world yeah it reminded me about that dog shit filler (laughs) (laughs) but um what i actually thought was going to happen there was he was gonna have to kill his entire family to like oh yeah to like break it because it was so like yeah so idyllic for instance right and that might be why i think this was done super well because one it's a really easy way to do kind of an exposition dump for someone who may have forgotten some of the stuff in the first season it was a good way to do an exposition dump for ren goku this character we had never really dived into much and then the way you had to escape it was yeah. really sick you literally have to kill yourself in dream realize it's a dream and then kill yourself then what I thought was interesting about that is because there is that theory that you can't die in your dream, for instance. Is that a theory? Yeah, yeah. Like oh. you wake up every time. Gotcha. And That's cool. so like some scientific theory, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, we're scientists after all. <laughs> it it's our right. theory. It's our theory. Um and so I thought that was cool that they were taking that and using that in this because I was thinking like there's really and if you know you're in a dream, like how do you really wake up? exactly dying is one of the easiest ways because you wake up every time yeah so i mean but and that was the thing too is that in tanjiro's fight against this demon he kept that realization was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie where like he was telling him to go to sleep he would go to sleep and he's like what why isn't it working because he'd always like it seemed unaffected but he's like no it is working but every single time he just kept committing suicide now that and he's like that's you're insane. Like you're truly an insane person. Yeah. Um. So that was really sick. And basically, like, you saw how that power commonly goes, where he starts, he stops showing him happy dreams, and then start like sadistic as fuck dreams. That's a that was a mental oof for Tanjiro. Yeah. Well, what I did think was gonna happen, right, is he was gonna realize, and this is what I think happens in a lot of these like dream sequences, is they realize these people are dead. Like. There's no way this could be happening, right? Like, right. Like, a, like a like a clash with the reality of the situation. It's generally how characters like this break out of it. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting that it like almost needed to be Nezuko externally doing something to him to make him like like flash back into it. Like oh, his, sub, his subconscious was like trying its best. Yeah. Right. Like, right. It would it would show like. I don't know, his sword or something on the ground, or it'd show Nezuko's box, or it would show um, 
literally real, you know, yeah, current right. Tandro in the water. Or it would be like Nezuko's out on the mountain picking vegetables and he's like, what? In the sun? In the sun, right. So it basically there's this really subtle but apparent struggle going on. Right. And it was cool that the one time he was like, he had like a bunch of logs in his back. He's like, all right, let's go, Nezuko. Right. Wait, why did I just say that? Yeah, that was that's super weird. weird. <laughs> there's this constant struggle. So that was really sick. And the, the old switcheroo was pretty funny where you and I both looked at each other at that scene where Rengoku saved them the first time on the on the train and they all start floating around him like, yeah, big bro. Yeah. 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 And we're like, this is weird. And then they show that they've been sleeping the whole time. You're like, ah, okay, that now that tracks. But that was very weird and jarring to see that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was cool though. Like, it was sick. Yeah. But it, it almost like gets to an inception situation where like that was a dream and then also the thing after was a dream. Like, what the hell is going on here? Right. I think they did that well too because the later in that fight when he was, Tundra was coming in and out of dreams the entire time, he kind of started to have that line bored so much he almost killed himself in real life. Right. Which I did think sick. was a potential issue. Right. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a bug in the system for that. Yeah. So I think that might be part of the power implicitly that if you kind of just get in it enough your reality your sense of reality is completely broken you don't know which is which so um that that would be sick we're like which is a cool power yeah like if the if the demon were to have given him a dream that was the exact moment right then and you really like maybe that was a misuse of his power he really didn't know how to use it right because that's how i'd do it right yeah put you in a dream that literally doesn't even feel like you ever went to sleep Right, like then, that first battle with the demon on the train, right? Yes, You right think there. you're doing your thing. Yeah, right. And that would be enough. And then like... What I was wondering is, was that a shared like dream that they all four had? Or was that Rengeku being uh, like, yes, I'm think, so sick, you're right. I think that was his dream because like he, they're all doting on him like, big bro. Yeah. And he's just like, yes, I am big bro. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I want to talk about him for a second, man. Uh, I guess, again, spoilers, guys. I mean, movie's great. Gotta go watch it, but we gotta do our due diligence. And there is a a thing that happens to him later on that mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. feel like the movie wanted me to feel much more sad that it happened to him than it, I, I think that it landed, right? I don't know. And it's hard to do in a two-hour movie with a brand new character that you, you're making the audience have to feel for. If they had made a character that we had seen a little bit in season one, give it a, just a little bit more airtime. Yeah. So, like, I agree. But I think with the amount of time allotted to them in this short movie, they did, they a, good did job. do a fair job of making me care about him. Yes. To, yes. To, you know, to the end. But I view him as sort of like a Fugulion character. Yeah. Where he's resolute, he's like noble in his you know, pursuit of justice, so to speak. Right. There are those types of characters, like almost Superman-esque, right? Where it's like, they're the shining star. And when the shining star gets snuffed out, then the world feels it. Yeah. And I I felt like maybe they didn't do a good job of really endearing us to him, but it showed that the world was pretty endeared to him, right? Like it showed like, right. It showed all the other Hashiras be like, damn. Except in their for own a way. few of them that were like... Well, they know. all did their own way. Some got mad, some went different, some got very sad and prayed. But I mean, it was like... um, Yeah, when that infallibility is snuffed out, that's an, that's you're going to feel that as a core 
a group of individuals in in that space. So it's just like that that uh that like you know the northern star or whatever type character that I talk about that's always rushing toward the good. Yes, right? yes. Um, that infallibility is important, right? When that yeah. guy gets ripped out of the you know series or whatever, then you're like shit. That's some hopelessness right there. Yeah, that's, and that's why I think they did a good job showing Tanjo's reaction because I was like, he seems very endeared to this guy immediately yeah which i can at least kind of understand if i were tanjiro's shoes like this is the guy man he's like supposed to be one of the strongest he has the answers for me he can be someone he looked at him as a mentor so whether that was ham-fisted and short like quickly too quickly kind of set up and scaffolded it still landed i think i would just maybe would have wished that maybe I got some more of him in season one because I think it would have landed so hard with maybe, I don't know, who's the other guy that's in the water, Hashira? You? Yeah. If that happened maybe to him. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Um, then maybe that would have maybe hit harder for me because we got some of him yeah, already. Yeah, he's got to stay He's got to stay. Toward the end. He um, said 11th form. How many forms? He knows all the forms. We need him to teach him all the forms before he dies. Yeah, I don't know, man. It brought up questions for me, like, what's stopping them all from just learning another form as well? That's a gr- that was the f- one of the first things I thought of is that like you're well, indecisive. They, the, they go to Rengeku's house and they say, "Hey, brother of Rengeku, show me Rengeku yeah. or dad," because wasn't his dad the preceding? Yeah, So like his, but his dad's kind of a loser right now. His dad's now. kind of a prick. Yeah. He used to be a good dude, and one, their family looks like clones of each other, by the way. Honestly, I was getting a little bit pissed off about that. Yeah. It's like everyone in your entire family that's a male looks identical. Literally the same person. And then your mom also looks like the same chick that you see throughout this series. Like all the women look the exact same, almost. Yeah, and that's, I don't know, like, again, that is, I think, a time allotment thing. They only had this movie to to set up <laughs> all right give, copy and paste face <laughs> yeah right they only had the, this whole thing to set up and then make me feel something for a character and then kill them off ah! in two hours yeah and for what they it was okay but yeah you can tell they're like ah uh, isn't he the shit uh and i'm like i see that but come on a little 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 forceful there movie a little forceful uh speaking of forced we gotta talk about the final villain right what the fuck well let's take the first one first gotcha yeah let's do that so Dream Guy kind of gets them all fucked up and Tanjiro breaks free first with help of Nezuko and yes. then he tasks Nezuko with basically waking the other guys up slash keeping passengers safe. They go, they end up battling. He chops off this dude's head and then he's like, what's going on? I'm like, obviously it's not good. Like that was literally 30 minutes into the movie. I'm like, this is obviously not it. Yeah, you look down at the runtime like in a YouTube video, like it, you, you still have 10 minutes left to your 20 minute video. You're yeah. like, Mm, yeah sus i'm thinking x to doubt <laughs> yeah, x to doubt please and, and so like obviously this seemed like pretty simple the train becomes the demon the or demon, the demon becomes, becomes the, train the train it's all his, like, the Mugen train yeah and that was coolish cool-ish coolish but then i was like so how do you beat this thing and then they came out and they're like uh it still has a head i'm like all right this is so fucking stupid this this that was pretty dumb but i guess it all was made better by the reason i was at the movies 
Inosuke. Right. And initially, he thinks the train is a creature and alive. If you remember the last scene in the first season, he's like, the lord of this forest, I must catch and slay you. Yeah. And everyone's like, you fucking idiot. And then the train does become alive. Right. But the demon, and he's like, so I was fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I am a god. I don't know. I guess I called that one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, I... Damn it, he's right. <laughs> like, I mean, we have no way to rebuke you here, but we really want to. You failed successfully. Congratulations. But yeah, that was a little weird. I, I felt like they could have done something better with that villain. I think what I'd like to see, like, is a Freddy Krueger style thing. He escapes into someone's dream, and they because they already set up the mechanic of getting in yeah. by the ropes. They they had people tied to the hands and wrists of the uh, demon slayers so they can go in and kill what is called their spiritual core, which that I'm curious of the lore implications of something like that, because is everyone have a spiritual core? And is that a way to knock down a demon slayer in a few pegs? Interesting. I wonder That's if what they said, right. But are there, is that their main for, like, form of combat against some of these people? Like, we have to get to their spiritual core. I'm curious in the well, future. Unless you're like a dream-hopping fucking Gengar, I'm not really sure how you're going to do that. Right. I just, I seem like that was, like... I felt like this guy should have been a lot more formidable than he ended up being. Yes. He, he can get to the heart of what makes a Demon Slayer powerful. And I will say, very cool, that the first one that gets, like, close to being killed would, was Rungeku. Yes. Goku. And the girl's about to stab his spiritual core. And then in real life, he like gets up and like starts choking her out. Yes. Right. Like still asleep, but he just reacted. And dream her is like getting trounced on because she's yeah. getting like choked in real life. That was pretty cool. What I, like, like you said, the formidability of this enemy should have been higher. I think what he could have done is hop into someone's psyche. And then Tondra was like, oh, wait, we, there's the ropes that will get us in. So if we tie ourselves to that person, they have this big ass dream battle and he'd be without total breathing concentration as well. So that'd be that'd be an interesting play mm. showing Rengoku can somehow manage it in, in a more ethereal sense. There's a lot that could have been played on, but no, he becomes the train. Yeah, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I am the Mugen train. I am now the Mugen train. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of shit, um, to be honest, as, as far as it like a enemy and an enemy's demise. It was cool, right? Like right, they, there were right. different methods of trying to hypnotize Tanjiro first with sound, then with visually. Yeah. Um, and then of course, like Inosuke is just completely, he has a boar mask on. Yeah, you he can't even see. You <laughs> can't be hypnotized visually because it just fucking shit is so jacked up. Yeah. But I think the whole like goopy monster mess, he became, Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And I'll, I'll say why. And like, ugly. It, obviously ugly, but he, any demon, I could have been any demon. Right. That, that, that didn't feel, and I have in the past celebrated Demon Slayer for their demon designs. Always super cool. Awesome powers, like the, the drum playing one that could shift space. Awesome. Great design, great power set, great setup. This could have been any demon, could have been the goopy mess that took over the train that didn't really speak creative power usage of yeah. this dream guy to me so i i didn't like the direction they took there they had a really good game going with the dream stuff and then they kind of like disregarded it very quickly um but yeah so he gets like a six out of ten 60 out of 100 for me 60 out of 100 
hypnotizing eyeballs. Just that first villain. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. We did then get out of fucking nowhere the second the second baddie. Just really quick. When that guy died, the first villain. Yes. They like went through this weird monologue where they were trying to get us to care about the demons. Yeah, that's I, like I they had, forgot about that. They had personally they had previously done it with the first season where you're like you actually sort of cared about some of those demons that died. Yeah, like the, the the drum the drum guy, I'll bring him back. He's a great example. Yeah. Tondro said, I think your music sounds really good, even in the midst of taking him out. And he's like, That's all I ever wanted to hear. Yeah. And that made me care. Like it's seeing like some sympathy for the villain. I always like I, I love when that's in movies. They really did a bad job with they that. They tried so hard. I'm like, this is the least, like, I care, like, less than nothing for this guy. Because what was his ambition, right? It was just to rise the ranks. To eat everyone. To eat everyone, like any other demon. Like, any other demon on the planet, that's what they want to do. Yeah. It, it felt generic, and it felt like he... They literally used it for exposition to say, okay, the upper half or whatever are strong enough to kill Hashiras who have killed tens of thousands of demons. Right. They literally use it for power scaling. Yes, and I think that's what this, my one major gripe with this movie, was it really just felt like a setup. I don't know if you could... It's a setup. Yeah, it's, it's a, a setup. setup. And it, it was just setting up everything. The power of a Hashira, the power of the upper league. Yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know, man. And that might be why I was kind of disappointed because I wanted it to stand on its own two feet. It, like the, like the story and the visuals, it felt like it was heading to a destination that we have yet to see, which would be season two. And it never could stop to appreciate the story it was trying to tell here. It was just dumping for the future. And, I, and that's evident in, Rengoku, in Rengoku's path. He's in, he's out. Yeah. Right? So is this movie. In, out. And it, like... Just like, okay, we're done here. Go go to season two. I don't know. It felt that, that was kind of sad. And it's all the more evident what the second villain was the epitome of this. Because first, why was he there? Yeah, what the fuck? His name was Az- Azusa or something like that? Uh, Akaza or something? Akaza, yeah. Azuzu. Um, Mr. Azuzu, he... Azuzu elf. Yes. So, train, beaten, <laughs> uh, engine slash, derailed, literally train wreck. Yeah, right? yeah. And w- then... Out of fucking nowhere, he just drops in. Yeah, he's just like, yo. What's good? Don't ask why I'm here. We're going to fight now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, because he was proposing to Rangoku to become a demon with him, because I guess he just likes fighting and, well, whatever. But that wasn't his initial plan. He's like, I got a proposal for you. Now that you say that, now that I sized you up a little bit, now why don't you become a demon with me? That's not why he was there. That wasn't his initial reason for that. So why was he there? He was there to kill Tanjiro. Remember, there's like a bounty on Tanjiro's head from Muzan from season one. You're right. He uh, told everyone the dream the guy, guy with the Hanafuda uh, earrings. Earrings. Yeah, and I guess you're right because the dream guy also said the same thing. And now I understand why he wanted me to kill you. Yeah. So okay, that at least loosely set up why he would be there. But I mean, not really. Like, <laughs> how would you know that Tanjiro was on the train with your other? Like, it made no sense. Exactly. And if the bounty were to be somebody's, you would think there'd be a lot more infighting to get in the good graces. Maybe not necessarily the uppers. The uppers been there for centuries, as we know. The lowers constant rolling and changing right. with people. So I can see why a lower, the lower set 
well, all the lower sets are dead at the get la- at the end of first season. So, right. um, was he the guy who got the? He was the last one. Exactly. Okay, I remember him now. So he got all that blood, and he went to go test out all his shit, but got got fucking rocked by Rengoku and Inosuke and. Well, Kondra. to be honest, that guy's plan was very smart. Yeah, I actually right? think it like, was good. turned into a train and just constantly start eating all these humans that are going between Mugen and uh, Tokyo. That's just keep smart as shit. That is smart. And the way he does it, too, is actually pretty pretty nice. Like, he literally will just, like, put him all to sleep, go have a snack, yeah. rinse and repeat. It's like, it's a buffet line, man. It's it's a, it's like the bullet train of uh, sushi puts. Yeah. Just, Shinkansen. Of... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but that final fight was rad as fuck. Oh, it was I will sick. Say. Like, that was rad. sick. Just cool in general. The, the the problem that I'm having with demons is like, it's like beyond unfair. Right. The way they regen. It's like are you so kidding? stupid. Like, what's even the point? It's like Piccolo times a hundred. He literally just like, boop. There's no there's no strain either. But they also don't tell you how many times you can regenerate. They don't give you like any indication whatsoever that this guy is weakening. Yeah. Right. And so it feels so like. It feels so impossible to beat these things that I almost like I was like hate it. It's like this is terrible. Right. And it, I guess it again, this was all just a showcase for what a Hashira can do. And Rengoku being one of one of the strongest ones and still being taken out by an upper class demon. That's pretty hopeless, right? And this show is pretty good about living on the back foot, right? Because Tanjiro's always kind of been on the back foot and it's managed to pull ahead anyway. That what's ma- that's what makes him engaging. But this here, yeah, I wouldn't say he's pulled ahead really at all. He's been like very lucky, right? That's but that's the thing. He's kind of maneuvering through a world he's hopelessly outclassed in. He's just skating by, bro. Just skating by, bro. And- I mean, like I would like almost in some regards make that parallel back to attack on titan right yeah that world so feels so effing hopeless as occasionally and when like you'd see a scout force of ten thousand guys come out and then like literally 15 come back and you're just like what's the point what is even the point right and i think that fits better for an attack on titan than it does for this show and in the re- my opinion no no i and i i agree because attack on titan is written so well that they revel in that hopelessness yeah that, that the story is carried along major events the moment you get hope you're like oh i i i don't like where this is going people are happy yeah. that's not cool and attack on titan's like gotcha like, bro all right where's the traitor yeah where's Which the traitor gonna do it where's yeah where's the sudden titan attack it's, you're like, it's free real estate <laughs> it's free real estate but this show yeah while there's still that same flavor of hopelessness from a from tanjiro's perspective this they don't seem to revel in it in the same way. They don't use it to the advantage that Attack on Titan can. And I don't really know why. I just think it seems like when you when you say you have like, what is it, nine Hashiros or whatever? Yeah. And then the, the top third or whatever guy is clearly like double as good as him. Yes. Like, what the hell is the point? Yeah, how do you... You can't beat them. Yeah, right. Like, no matter what you do. So and then think about Muzan. He's like ten billion times better than him. So like, what's the point of this show? Yeah, and I think part of it too is if they really are that strong, why are they even going after these demon slayers? Like they're killing their brethren, sure, but they could all like if those upper three demons, not even Muzan, just those three, had a wild hair up their ass one day and decided like, 
Yeah, fuck those guys. They could probably go clap every single Hashira if they team up. I think for sure they um, could. Imagine if they, imagine, and he was the upper third. Yeah. He, there's two more that are even more powerful than him. If they, even just he gets his other buddy, like number two, you want to help me out? Like casual afternoon, go crush a Hashira or two. You know what? Let's crush all nine just to be, just to be thorough. Demon Slayers are done. Like, yeah, I think, you know, and they didn't mention like this guy, Kaza or whatever his name was, has killed a lot of Hashiras. He said it's just not ever killed a fire one. Yeah, right. And then he's, he basically says, uh, I think it was the lower one guy had mentioned that those top three or top whatever yeah. had been just like um, content almost with their positions and like unchanged for all those centuries. Yes. So they just got like kind of bored of it, I guess. And that's what I'm saying. These, these demon slayers, while this may or may not be people's pull to the show are fighting what we have talked about. what's seemingly an unwinnable battle. Yeah. Forever <laughs> and ever and ever. Like clearly. And these guys like are bored. That's the only reason you guys exist still is because they're bored. They decide to up it one day and like, nah, let's do it. Good night. Good night. Get clapped. That's what that's what happens. Yeah. And I think it's it, maybe it feels more of a like a chasm than like other shows would because they don't have those like Zenkai boosts, so to speak, where they can just get like insanely strong, insanely fast. Right. Exactly. At least it doesn't feel that way so far. Like it feels like, you know, not only is this hopeless, but the training methods take like so effing long to get anywhere. And that was alluded to by that Azuzu dude of yeah. to Rengoku, like you will fade. You will die. It is a crime that someone as talented as you doesn't have the time to polish to the nth degree. And that's kind of the theme you say and really, really foreshadowing a little ham fistedly, like everything dies, everything dies. Uh oh, he dies. Um, yeah. No, no, go figure, right? But yeah, it's what you're. Well, I mean, he even says in two years you'll be at your peak. So like, I don't want to kill you before you're at your peak, you know. But yeah, yeah, too bad. Yeah, and I, again, he he really did, he really did a good job showcasing what's to come. But that's all this movie felt like to me was a showcase of you know it showcased the level by which the Hashiras fight because. One of the strongest. It showcased what a demon closer to Muzin would be like. It showcased what ta- the gap between Tanjiro and there, because he's got to get to Muzin somehow. Well, he's got to get to Hashira first. Exactly. So this this movie just felt like it was setting up the parameters for the next season, and I guess it did make me want season two all that more because I didn't get maybe what I was hoping for out of this movie. It was good, but it wasn't what I was going in on. And that might have been, that might have been a me thing. I had a perspective. Well, I just knew in two hours we weren't going to get anything like really that interesting or like lore defining or anything like that. I mean, I think they gave us in two hours. Well, no, I mean like... It took a whole season to even figure out what that was going on last time. Fair. I was saying the setup was go talk to the Flame Hashira. He knows what to do like he has the beat on this he's got the he's got those sweet deets i was hoping they would have dropped something more about those details i th- and again they set up the place to do that go to my home go to the rengoku residence talk to my father talk to my brother one thing that worried me about that scene right they say like he said well i've got all the pres- 
previous uh, Flame Hash Heroes like notes and shit like that in my manor. My yeah. dad used to read them a lot, yeah. but I never looked at them. Right. It's like, damn, should he maybe have read some of those and gotten some like pointers to not die so freaking early? Or... Right. And I feel like that. that's that. Um, so like his story, basically his dad was really caring, like a great flame hash run, and then just quits one time, one day randomly, but also not only quits the hash runs, quits like being a father or being like yeah. a present father. And so I'm thinking maybe the fact that he had to do this on his own has re- potentially stunted Rengoku in some, some regards. Oh, that's a good point. To where like that, that passing of knowledge never happened. Right. And maybe and so I'm thinking when they go see him in season two. Yeah. And they're like, yo, he died. He was sick. Yeah. And then he's just gonna like finally break out of his shell. His dad, I hope. I hope this is how it goes. Because yeah. it'd be ridiculous if he goes, you know, oh, I don't give a shit. I can totally see him say, I couldn't do it for him, but I can, at least I can do it for you. Because or his like son, his other son, his other son, right? Exactly. This could I'm gonna be make the- you the best. Gosh darn flame hasher of the side of the freaking mid Mississippi, mm, fastest flames in the west. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So the common gripe we've had this in, with anime movies in the past, right? Is that you know they're meant to be black box, isolated things, right? I remember your frustration specifically with Heroes Rising that just like all's well that ends well. He just gave Bakugo the all for one uh, or one for all and. And it somehow magically cleaned, cleaned itself up. Yeah. I was a little frustrated too, but that's how movies got to be. This, however, felt like it needed to take a step, right? It needed to take a step lore-wise. And something needed to happen here, but because it, it didn't feel like an isolated thing just because they, I don't know, man, there, there's something about something didn't happen for me here. And I don't really know what it was. And I didn't get answers on Tanjiro. I didn't get answers about much more of Muzin at all. We didn't get answers about Nezuko. But are we giving it too, I don't know, are we giving it too much of a critical eye knowing that this is an anime movie? Nothing should have changed by the end of it, really. Well, I think what's going to be interesting, right, is, and it's sort of like what you're talking about, is this going to be essential to watching season two? Yes, we Are you going to have to know what happened in this movie to know what's going on in the beginning of season two? When we start season two, are they going to be depressed? Right, right. Are they going to be going to this guy's house? Are we going to get a new flame? Hash- hash- Is there going to yeah. be a gap for a Hashiro? Yeah. Right? Like, there's a couple questions that need to be answered. What's he going to do about a sword? Because he just chucked it into the lower yeah, let's third. Let's talk about that real quick. He, he literally, last move, Tanjiro, the Azuzu dude, is like running away into the woods because the sun's coming up. He's like, right. fuck, I got to get to the darkness. And he's beat up hard from... Rengoku absolutely slapping in a good way. And he just then takes the sword and chucks it like a hundred yards into the woods and it's gone. Yeah. No sword. Tanjiro's out, baby. Like, so what's next? We discussed what we are, our theory on that. He's going to go to the Rengoku residence, his dad, or he could take um, Rengoku's sword. It's broken, but he can get his boy to fix it. It's not broken. I did definitely see it snap. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. It was in his neck. He grabbed it out of his neck and threw it to the side. I know, but I think it snapped off. He literally tore away so hard that he took both of his arms stayed with Rengoku and snapped the sword off. I think that's what happened. In any case, the sword is available. It's going to need a new owner, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe. In any, in any, in any case. But that's probably what's going to happen. I think, I don't know if they're trying to do this or not. It seems as though all the pieces are in place for 
Tanjiro to pick up being the Flame Hashira at some point. There's a gap. He has learned about flame. He has some kind of flame breathing like his dad. And I think that'd be a huge waste of his. You think so? What I, what I view, you know, like this master guy's going to die, right? Yeah. Like he's very clearly saying, I'm going to die soon, essentially. We don't know really anything about that dude, which is right. pretty annoying so far. True. I right. got to be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, But if. If Tanjiro is able to get water breathing and some sort of fire breathing, like it would be kind of crazy to be like, okay, I'll be the flame Hashira. Like, I feel like if to be a Hashira, you need to be like solely in in there for that. Well, and maybe and since he's got his black sword and he can do whatever the fuck he wants, I'm right. thinking he should just be like, you know, his own thing, like Void Hashira. Yeah, and I think Void Hashira would be fucking sick. But I think that's. If you look at a character like Tanjiro, his power growth has always been reactionary. He's reacting and growing uh, as response to a need, not a dream he already had. No Hokage, no Pirate King. His, his family got fucked and his sister's a demon. I need to find a way back. And the only way to do that is to fall ass backwards into this demon slaying world. He didn't choose water. Water chose him. <laughs> but the flame stuff kind of is, you know, familial. That's something that just happened. He kind of took his dad's identity and the flame breathing in, in for himself. So I think that there's kind of a lore setup that, you know, he did water as a reactionary thing, but the fire feels him, right? I, I would like to see that. And the thing is... I, this is going to be so dumb because somebody who's read the manga already knows what's going to happen. Like, so, like, you yeah. can completely disregard this whole section if you've already read the manga. Yeah, we're speculating wildly but, like we do. But, but it's, you know, fun for us who have no clue what's going to happen. Right. So, I mean, I... And they definitely set up a grudge match between Mr. Upper Third and Tanjiro. He's coming in hot. The problem is, like, and just back quickly to the oh, I know what you're saying. hopelessness. There's no fucking shot. He gets anywhere near him. <laughs> I, I know. In the next like 100 years. No, that's not happening. Unless something big happens, man. I don't know. Like, like what, the, what I envision is there is some stuff in those manuscripts from the other Flame Hashiras that are, were just lost to time and just never utilized. That chain was broken with his dad not, like you said, not disseminating that knowledge to Rengoku. So, I would like to see some ancient fucking fire breathing. Well, remember he said esoteric, you art, know, yeah. art. Like they had other stuff that only he presumably knew, and then he had his own style that he created. Now it's for him himself. Rengoku. Yeah. Rengoku. That was crazy. He made himself into a big flame ball. But is it, that that was fucking that was definitely a highlight? Like Ryujin All things in this world burn to ash. But yeah, trading's time, baby. What you got? This was a solid movie, guys. It's a solid, solid. movie. And I think that's what you got to go in expe expecting. Like like most anime movies, it's a one and done. Not a lot of stuff is meant to change here unless that was what they were going for. Then I think that actually cheapened it a bit. But if you go in, just this isolated one-off adventure, it felt like a one long episode of Demon Slayer, which is already phenomenal. I'm going to go ahead and give it a flat 80. Just flat. Ah, uh, you know what? Seventy-eight. I'm going to seventy-eight. I don't think it's wow. quite. I don't think it's quite an eighty for me. It's, wow. Yeah, like it looked good. I had my gripes. Deus Ex Demon Machina was a little weird, and they didn't. 
go the full distance with the dream guy when I think they really had a good game going. They kind of went back on some generic demon shit. Um, but mm. 78, super solid. That's a, that's a subjective thing with me. Objectively, I'll, still, I'll little... still give it a B, I think. Okay. I'll give it a Weebology score of 82 poorly done dream demons out of 100. That's a good that's a good ranking system. Um, For my for the haters out there, I'll give it a 1 out of 100. <laughs> uh, that's for the hater score. Hater score? If you hate this show yeah, or it's... movie, then that's the score. That's the score. Um, What else? I think objectively, it's probably higher than what I gave it. I think it's like just a like a, a low B. Yeah, like generally, it's it's a fun it's a fun time. It is worth your money if you're going to go see it in theaters. Yeah, I, for sure. You, how often do you get to go watch anime on the big screen like that? That's always still super fun. And Ufotable is going to give you something to look at, for right? Sure. Yeah, so it, it's worth a look at in the theaters if you have the availability and opportunity to go do that. But I don't know exactly. I don't think it's the should be the best or highest selling or highest grossing anime film of all time. Well, I think it's going to it's right like time will tell, right? Is this necessary for season 2 or not, right? If this is setting the 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 um table essentially yeah. for season 2, then yeah, why not? Okay. Like if it's an essential piece of this story that everyone loves, like of course it's right. going to be. I I I think they want that to be what they were so focused on that. I think because I think this is one hundred percent setting up season two. They're so focused on that they forgot, you know, like to give some things a little bit more love or a little things more care from a narrative perspective. They're just too worried about getting all the pieces on screen, right? So, um, overall, I, I still had a good time. At dissecting yeah, me too. Everything. It was yeah. good. So, I mean, uh, thanks y'all for coming to class. Go do your homework. I mean. Go see it. It was worth my money. It was worth your Regal Unlimited card for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you want to listen with your eyes and your ears, hello, YouTube. We uh, I didn't do it last week because I'm overworked as fuck, uh, but we are filming on the phone today, so that will be coming this, this upcoming week when you get them both out. Um, all links in the description. If you want to listen with your ears and not your eyes, Apple, Spotify, and everything in between. All links us- in the description. You don't yeah. have to say that again. Well, I, it's in the description. All, the stuff, all stuff's in the description now. I'm trying um, to make this stream live for you. But the one thing I will say, monetary love, only if you can, come over to patreon.com slash webology. One dollar and up gets you into our Discord with past guests and all of the lovely Patreon folk. And three dollars and up gets you the syllabus sidebar, our lo-fi, high vibes, sometimes anime, sometimes not podcast we do over there just about life and shit and stuff and i'll never not say that part because that's that, fair that's that's a that's a good one to say but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go home and eat some see some of these fucking sweet snacks until i'm bloated yes. to the gills with japanese goodies i'm ricky <laughs> and i'm ethan and this has been weebology but i do want some of that podcast. some of that stuff looks wild i'll see all of it yeah sure.